Hello and welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. This is your host, Catherine McPhail. I'm an architect. I practice in eastern Massachusetts, and my specialty is additions and renovations to existing homes. This podcast is meant for anybody who's interested in home renovations. I started it for my clients, for homeowners who would be interested in learning everything they could about home renovations. And today I am talking to James Brock, who is an, a home inspector, who's gained a little bit of notoriety recently for his creative Instagram account. I learned about him from a Boston Globe article. I contacted him and he was kind enough to agree to come on the show. So this episode, maybe more especially for those of you who have not yet purchased the house, but you're looking for a house that you know that you want to renovate. And this will give you a lot of information about how to choose a home inspector, how they might be different from each other, a lot of points that I had never considered before. And I had a fun time talking to him. So I hope you also enjoy the conversation. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Well, thank you. So you're you're getting to be kind of famous. Oh. As a home inspector, maybe you weren't expecting the fame that would come along. No, and I just had um, NECN just did something, and Realtor.com just picked up a uh, – um, I did an hour Zoom with them. Really? And uh, they're going to they're gonna, uh, put something in – on their website, realtor.com, and that's across the United States. Wow. So, I assume you're only licensed in Massachusetts, or maybe I'm just projecting. No, I am. I'm currently only licensed in Massachusetts. But, it, but it, you can get a license in every state. You just have to follow whatever the procedure is. Well, and then you'd actually have to go do inspections in every state, and that would be pretty time-consuming. <laughs> I've been up up here, yeah. Yeah, so that doesn't. But maybe you'll have your own TV show or something like that. It'd be like a, like a reality uh, show about home inspectors. It could, it could. I don't know. I know they tried one with that homes home inspection, but he was more renovation. He would go in, find a problem. He would come in after a home inspector performed an inspection, start renovating, find problems. So it was um, that's the angle they went, but. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I don't know. Maybe it could be. Hey, who knows? I'll keep. I'll or I can just, just retire. Get a couple of people working for me and retire. Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> you could just. You could go around and just uh, be the persona and have other people do the the work. It's true. It's tough though because realtors want. You know me. Um, I had somebody years back working for me, and a lot of times the realtors would get upset. If I didn't show up, they would ask for, they would tell their client, call Jim at Boston Home Inspectors. The client would call, wouldn't request me. So we would send out somebody else. And the agent said, no, I wanted you on this property because it was a unique, but the client never asked. And, and the agents would say, we'll pay a premium for you because of your knowledge, but the guy that you sent out doesn't have quite the knowledge or the ability to explain a situation to a client in a way where you're not going to push them off the edge. Right. That's, that would be a delicate balance, wouldn't it? Like yeah, delivering the news in such a way that they don't just walk away from the whole 
situation. Right. You don't want, you don't want to scare them or kill every deal just because you found an issue. And also, you want to be able to explain if it's a structural problem how severe it is and have that knowledge. Where I have the construction knowledge of you know, 15 years of construction prior, and being able to look at it and say, okay, if it's just one lally column that's deteriorated, the house is not going to fall down. You know, it's it's not a huge project. It's in Massachusetts, we're prohibited from giving quotes, costs, or estimates. Mm. You know, I know like a Lala column is $750 to have a company come in because we take continuing education classes with these companies. So they'll come in and um, they'll show us how they do it so we can explain to a client how it's done. And they uh, give us pricing to put it into perspective so we can say, "Uh uh-oh, this is a big deal or no, this is not a big deal. Uh, It sounds terrible, but you just need to have a way to explain it to them. Right. And so you have a class for first-time homeowners, don't you? Is that what you? I speak at one, uh, and it's, I have to speak for about an hour. And um, there's there's a couple of them. There's like Alston, Brighton, CDC, a couple of these. They'll have 30, 40 people in a room, and I'll go in, and I'll just explain to them, um, you know, the process of what a home inspector does, and how to find a good home inspector. Make sure you're a good fit with the with the person that you, you want to hire. Okay, so what do you tell them? What is the process and how do you find a good home inspector? Well, I usually, I always explain to them, have the, have, try to have a conversation with the inspector prior to hiring them. I don't know about you, but I've met people and after about three, four minutes, I've said to myself, oh my God, if I have to talk to that person anymore, I'm going to scream. Even though they might be the best person out there, just the personalities don't don't click. Well, that never uh, happens so, to me, Jim. <laughs> and so I say to them, you know, I mean, t- today's day and age in Boston, you're looking at condos that are six, seven hundred thousand single family and up and single families that are you know, million dollars and up. So you're relying on somebody's opinion on a million plus dollar investment to make sure you know, try to have a conversation. Just make sure, hey, look, at, I, I am a good fit with this. I'm very comfortable with them in um, them helping me make my decision, because besides the home inspector, there's. There's their real estate agent, their attorney, uh, their insurance company. They, they put a team together uh, around them to help them with this million-plus-dollar purchase. So, um, And I also explained to them, find, try to look for somebody who's, a, who's very familiar with the area that you're purchasing in and familiar with the type of home and the style of the home. So, for example, I've inspected, you know, 25 years. Most of my buildings are 100-plus years old. So the the old granite stone foundations, if you're looking at them, you there are some that were built where the top part of the foundation is actually angled in. So you have a granite stone foundation that comes up about four or five feet, and then they switch to brick. And the outside is perfectly straight, but the inside to transfer load might start out three rows deep. By the time you get up to the top, you're only one row or, or two rows down to four. So when you're standing inside, it looks like the top of the wall is leaning, but it's actually not. It was deliberately built that way. They were doing that in you know, the 1840s, 18, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s. So um, 
I had a call one time where a real estate agent said that the this home inspector from out in the in the suburbs flagged this as an issue or a problem. I know you've been in this building before, and I looked at the pictures. I said, "No, that's normal. That's a normal style of construction for the time frame." Mm-hmm. So, by having an inspector that's familiar with the area, it can help prevent delays. And again, they're just more familiar with with that style of construction. Yeah. So, I also um, uh, recommend looking at the website or getting a sample of the report. Most home inspectors have samples or copies of a, of a home inspection report. There are buyers that are out there or there are people that want, if a chimney needs pointing, just tell me, chimney needs pointing. There are others that want paragraphs on what type of mortar, how the pointing is done and, and pictures and you know that chimney needs pointing turns into a page and a half. And some people want that and they like that. So uh, to make sure you're a fit with the product that the home inspector is going to deliver, look at their, their report. Make sure you're comfortable. I'm very good with, you know, with that. I mean, I'm, I'm the type, I, you know, when I get a car, buy a purchase a car, I don't like that big thick manual. It takes you forever to go through with a million, dis- every page is a disclaimer on it. And there's a million you know, pages, just, just show me where to turn off that annoying noise, you know, just get me to the page, tell me where to turn it off. So, um, you know, buyers want to, you know, they should have an understanding, you know, who's my inspector, are they experienced, and what product is going to be delivered, and when. We deliver it, as we were talking about a few minutes ago, we deliver our product, by the time they walk out the door, the report and the pictures are there. Some inspectors, they go back to the office and it's either delivered the next day or, or the day after. So if time is of the essence, you need to have it delivered. That may be an issue. Um, um, pricing, typically, you know, they're, they're just like is anything else, pricing, there are some that are, that are a little higher and lower. I, um, so you'd have to make sure that fits into your, your, your schedule, your, your budget. Uh, I would also um, talk about uh, recommendations. So talk to your attorney, talk to your neighbors, your friends who have had home inspections done and ones that have had home inspections two, three years ago. Because if they find, uh, if, if they've not had any issues or they can say, yes, the home inspector was right. He said the roof is going to last me five years and I've had to put it on almost a or the water heater was going to go any day, and it went two years after I moved. Or the, the, your neighbor says, or friend says, the water heat, they never told me about the water heater, and it leaked the day I moved in. So you want to check with reference, your friends. I always tease um, or, or make the comment during the class. I said, okay, if, if any of you guys are going to put up a website and put reviews, how many of you, raise your hand, are going to put a bad review from somebody? I said, so asking for references or asking to, to look at reviews isn't going to gain anything. You're not going to pick it up because any business is not going to put a bad review on their website so, or a reference. If you ask me, well, give me a reference. Well, I'm not going to give you the guy that's mad at me. <laughs> you know, I'm only right. going to give you the people that's nice. So don't waste your time going down that route. Mm-hmm. It'll go, go the other way. But yeah. the process for home in, uh, inspection like we start with the exterior of the building, 
Um, I like to arrive about a half hour ahead of time and walk around the, the perimeter just to start to get a feel. And of course, starting to fill my paperwork out. Look at it. Okay, we have a porch on the front. Do we have any structures on the side? How's the shape and the layout? What's the roof line look like? Are there decks in the back? And I kind of walk around trying to get a good idea of it. The condition is it real? You know, is this a, a deferred maintenance house? A house that has a lot of deferred maintenance. When I'm inside, I see a hole in the soffit. When I'm in the attic, I have to remember there might be squirrels up there. So I'm in the attic. I got to check that front corner. So I kind of want to do a first initial walk around, start taking my notes. The buyer shows up. I do another walk around. Sometimes I do a second walk around that first half hour, depending on, on the property. The buyer arrives. I give them, you know, I explain to them that no house is perfect. Um, our job isn't to tell them how wonderful you know the house is or how nice that house is. I explain to them um, you know, our job is to walk around and tell you, you know, fix this, repair that. So after a while of listening to somebody for two hours telling you all the bad things about your house, I don't want you to feel, oh, my God, this guy isn't saying anything nice about my house at all. And then I, I always tell them, look, at have um, uh, ask as many questions, stop and interrupt me. Or if I'm using terms that you're not familiar with, feel free, stop and just say, hey, what do you mean by pointing? You know, it's not me pointing at this house, at the brick wall. I'm telling you that the brick wall needs pointing, the, you know, filling in the mortar. Mm -hmm. So uh, we start in one corner and we kind of go through and I talk about how the house is put together, you know, the style of construction, if it's a mansard roof or it's a gable end and how water drainage comes, how are we getting it away from the property so it's not seeping in. If there's any problems or issues, what you need to do to kind of correct that. Uh, your outdoor spigots, make sure you turn them off in the winter to keep them from freezing. We test our outlets. We look at the foundation itself, the structure, the window sills that are near the basement window sills that are near the ground. If they're deteriorated or rotted. And if it is, we come across something like termites or carpenter ants um, or just moisture deterioration. We go into explain what um, is it active or not active. Uh, like this time of the year, you may see termite damage or find it. It appears not active, but I use the term kind of loosely that that the termites go dormant. They actually stay down in the ground. That's where they live. They live down deep down in the ground. They come up and they're looking for the starch or, or a food source. So just because we don't see activity on a day like today, it's too cold out, they don't want, doesn't necessarily mean that they're not there. So mm -hmm. now you can bring a pest company in. And some people are very sensitive to uh, pesticides. So there are alternatives. So now you're going down the path of, okay, if you, you, know, if you want to have them come in and inject a chemical into the ground, that's one way. There's other ways where they can put bait stations. They can take the bait back to the colony to kill the colony. So the, I, I go through a very light 101 level of how to, you know, get to, just enough to let them know that there's different options. It's not, I got to come in and just spray chemical around my property. And then, and then I get defer them towards the pest company, go pick a pest company and talk to them, but there are options for you. And then, um, and now fixing the damage. 
So if it's just one basement windowsill, well, whether you fix it this year, next year, the year after, the house isn't going to fall down because you have a little bit of rotted wood in the basement windowsill. Right. Yeah. If it, takes you, if it takes you two, three years, well, so we try to put it into perspective of what, uh, where they should be prioritizing that, that damage. Um, then we continue around decks. Uh, a lot of times everybody always says, well, is that railing to code? Well, there are hundreds of changes to code every year. Yeah. So you could have a building that was built two years ago, technically not to today's code because the code had changed. One time they, uh, they, they allowed, and I think it was the fourth edition code, building code, they used to allow horizontal rail lines. Well, when the fifth edition came out, they stopped that thing because they were concerned children would climb up and climb over the railing. So the fifth and sixth edition of the building code, we would tell people during that time frame, during home inspections, we would say, hey, for safety, you may want to change the railings. Well, when the seventh edition came back, after eight years of studying, they found that the horizontal railings really don't cause children to climb up and fall off the railing. They went back and now they allow them again. Yeah. So, so code can change and it's explaining to the client it might be pre-existing code, so you're not required to bring these railings up to 42-inch height. I mean, you may want to, depending on your situation, but you're not forced to. So yeah. um, I'm going to just keep talking until yeah, I see just keep talking. If, huh? I'm, if I'm heading in the wrong direction. Uh, I mean, I think it's good for people to understand what to expect. And I know that there are some people, at least my experience with some clients, if they're more excitable than other clients. Yeah. And so there's different levels of that and um, how willing they are to walk away if they perceive something that's wrong with the house, where, as you were saying, a lot of things aren't really that much of a big deal to fix. And even, you know, people ask me about this load bearing wall and they want to remove it, but they can't because it's load bearing. And I actually say it's not that it's not, it's just, you can do it. It's just money doing these things. Sometimes just, it's just money. So to me, it's just a financial thing. Like how much money do you want to spend? Or Maybe it's a huge rat's nest. The house is, uh, I, I almost got a house one time that we ended up walking away after the inspection just because there was all this weird electrical jerry-rigged stuff and there was structural damage and there were termites. There were just a lot. It just would have ended up being a lot that we weren't ready to deal with at the time. So yeah. I think I remember there were numbers attached though. Did there used to be a, a, allowed to include the numbers on the repairs? Uh, many, many years ago, yes. Um, but what, what had happened is, as in any industry, sometimes you get some bad apples, and there would be guys that would say, uh, well, there, there's a, I'm going to preference this. We're not allowed. They don't want us recommending contractors or, or tradespeople. We're prohibited from working on a property for a year uh, after the inspection unless it's to fix something we missed. And then we're prohibited from giving quotes, cost, or estimates. What was happening is you would have, um, you know, one or two bad apples that would say that $800 water heater is $1,500. My cousin and I will come do it for $1,200. Yeah. And they were ripping off the clients. Uh, so the state came in and said, you know what, guys, we don't want you doing that. It's not your job. Also, if you take that $800 water heater in Dorchester – it's $800. Well, that same water heater in Beacon Hill is now 1200 
And if we're going into an area and we're quoting prices, that's not fit, that doesn't benefit the consumer. So if I'm thinking, if I'm in Dorchester going, oh, water heaters are $800, now I'm performing an inspection in Beacon Hill and I'm not thinking about it or I don't know, Beacon Hill's prices, the client is now relying on that $800, they're hit with a $1,200 bill, they're coming back saying, hey, you you gave us the you know, misinformation. So the state stopped that quite a while ago. Um, um, but what we'll do is we'll just we'll try to put it into perspective for them that uh, when you mentioned the the beam or the uh, let me back up when you mentioned the uh, structural wall, if I'm in a house and the client's talking about gut rehabbing the kitchen and they say, oh well, this is a bearing wall or a structural wall, we don't want to remove it. I say to them the cost actually of putting up a beam in the whole scope of the project for the kitchen is going to be less than your appliance package. I mean, yeah. it's not, it's going to be very small compared. So you may want to think about it, putting in, installing a beam is really not that expensive enough, depending on the scope of the project. Right. If you're just, if you're just wallpapering and you want to put a beam in, of course, that's, that's a different story, but. Right. Yeah. No, it's, I, I think people just have certain preconceived ideas about, how difficult things are going to be to fix or change in a house. Absolutely. And they're not, you know, they're not right. So they need to, they need to, well, I've had a whole bunch of different inspectors, I guess. And in fact, this house, we didn't have an inspector at all. What do you think about that was probably not a good idea, but it was a bidding situation and we wanted the house. So we said no inspection. That has become very common in this market that started about probably about four or five years ago. I, I noticed it becoming more of a trend and it is very popular now because prices, inventory is so low, prices are going to you know, 60, 70, $80,000 over asking. And uh, the, the realtors are, are saying, if you do, if you have a home inspection contingency, they have three other offers that are just as strong as yours. You're, you're not going to you're not going to win. So what has happened is um, the market has evolved. Like we offer what's called a structure and system only inspection, where we do we can do pre. So as you're putting offers in, we can go in and what we're doing is we're inspecting the exterior envelope. The inside the basement, the structure, we're giving you an idea of the age of the heating system, the water pipes. Are we dealing with still 100-year-old cast iron waste pipes or our water main? Is it lead? Is it copper? And then the electrical. So that kind of gives you your big ticket items. And then we do that at a discounted rate. So if uh, you do, the offer is accepted, then... If you want us to come back to open and close windows and test every outlet, you can put your offer and waive the home inspection. You could still have us come back. Most of the time I tell people, no, you, you, don't, you don't need to have us come back. If, if there's one window broken or a couple outlets that don't work, you're better off. But at least you know the bones are good bones in the house. We also do that same after. So... Um, it's it's called just an informational inspection. So let's say you did uh, put the property under purchase and sale. Uh, you haven't closed yet, but you could have us come in and we'll at least go through, do again, give you a good idea, 
make sure that there's no big structural defects or expenses. Um, uh, and then, you know, at least you, you're comfortable at the closing table knowing, okay, I know, I know the kitchen's old or might find something behind the wall. Not sure. I know the bathrooms are dated. I'm going to have to do something and who knows what I'll find behind it. But I know that structure is good bones. The heating system is good. The electrical is good. So that's kind of how we've modified for what, what's been going on. I've also heard of people before they sell their house, having a home inspector come and make a full list of what he would find or she would find. Maybe not in this market because this market's so crazy. Well, I, I do um, receive those calls and I try to explain to the client that, that, that they may want to talk to their attorney beforehand or, or their, their real estate agent as well. Because if we find something, it now may be a disclosable item. Mm, that's true. So, so in other words, if I find, um, I was on an inspection the other day, and it's a property in Winthrop, there's this pipe coming through the wall, and there's this little fitting. Well, from experience, I know that that fitting is, a, is an emergency shutoff valve for a buried underground oil tank. Uh-oh. So was the oil tank removed or not? I don't know. But now I flag that, and I say to the agent, but so if you're selling... And, you know, now you may have to deal with something or if we find termites or if we find mold or we find asbestos or we now that we can, you know, become a disclosable. So if they ask, hey, do you, well, yeah, I think we might have mold and, or, the, or the listing agent may have to disclose that. And that's just not, you know, that, that may not be to your, to your advantage. Mm. But I have one, for example, tomorrow, it's an estate um, uh, it, it, it's somebody had passed and we're coming in to do, uh, uh, to give the, the family a better understanding of how this, this two family is, is sitting in the condition of it. Cause I guess one's going to try to purchase it from the other and they just want to have a good idea. We do those. I do have some people that, um, like uh, that, are you know older and they'll have us come in just to say give us the next three years worth of jobs we should focus on so we do kind of a hybrid like a smaller inspection it's okay i'm coming in maybe in the next three years focus on replacing the heating system and you may want to add additional insulation and a couple years later four or five years later they call again and say you know would you come in and just help us with with so that does happen, but that's a very, very tiny percentage in the pre-listing inspections, tiny percentage uh, of uh, what we do. Okay. But, but yeah, and I'll try to, to recommend not to, but people will say, no, we still want you to come in. It's like, okay. Also, what people will do, um, sellers, they'll take our report. And, you know, they asked permission. They said, would you do the home inspection? And we want to have your, make copies of your report and have it out on the counter. So that way potential buyers coming through mm. will, can read your report and get an idea as, and, and we, we've done that. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Some home inspection companies won't allow that. Um, we, we don't mind because, you know, I, if there's 30 people going through the open house, 30 people holding a report of ours, one gets the house, there's 29 other people out there that are buying and are going to need a home inspection. And if they're happy with the report and they see the product that we inspected, 
that's true. Your, that's your, your cost per client has just gone down. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. Your acquisition true. cost. Access to the client or access to the home inspector after the inspection. Um, everybody who I perform an inspection for has my cell phone number. So if there's a question or if there's something that they come across, even after being a, purchasing, if they, they take a picture, text me, I can respond back. That I think on a consumer basis, if I'm putting my consumer hat on, that's important. I don't want to have to call an office, leave a, phone, leave a message, wait two days to hear back, especially if my water heater is leaking. So, so it's important to find out what's the access of the home inspector after I've hired you for the inspection. So I look at it, the inspection is, is part one, that's the majority of it. But if you have questions afterwards, after moving in, uh, how to understand, feel free, call, call us, you know, text us, you know, find an inspector that, that, that you can do that with. Because um, as a new homeowner, yeah, there's going to be things. We put tags on like a hot, the hot water shut off, the water main shut off, the outdoor water shut off. So I actually tag those. Let me sneak off to the side here for a second. I mean, you physically tag them with a tag. Yes. So if, if you can see, it says outdoor yeah. water shut off. That's so they have three outdoor, two, three outdoor water shutoffs where their boiler water shut off is. Um, the water main and um, uh, the hot water tank. Because a new home buyer is going down to a basement. There's all these pipes that they're not familiar with looking at. There's all these levers and valves, and it's overwhelming to them. So we put, I started this back um, putting the tags probably about 10 years ago. Because what, what was happening is people would call in the fall. And they would say, hey, Jim, do you remember where those shutoffs were that I'm supposed to turn off in the winter? Right. And you have like three, how many inspections do you do today? Like, <laughs> exactly. Right? I'm doing like three a day. And then it's it's like, oh, my God, I, I, I don't remember. I said, go take a picture, go down the basement, take a bunch of pictures, and, and we'll talk, and I'll, I'll figure it out from here where they are. But uh, so then I came up with the idea and said, well, I should start tagging them. That is and, really nice. That's a and, nice touch. Uh, so yeah, we're the only ones that that um, you know that does that. And then the other thing I do is I have a maintenance tag that I put. I think I happen to have one here. So I put this on their boiler furnace. And remember to have serviced annually. There's a spot they can put their technician's phone number, whoever they use. But nowadays you have a at least their technician can keep track of of. Uh, the you know the service so you know when the last time it was done or if you're replacing air filters you can easily look at it and say oh my air filter was replaced you know five months ago i need to do it every six months and at least keep it in one spot so that's that great. has been helpful people like that yeah that's very nice well you're a busy guy yeah. between your actual work and your all your interviews and everything. So <laughs> I, I um, appreciate your time coming on and helping me figure out what a home inspector, what a home inspector can be for new home buyers. And if you're on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Right. So what's your, Insta what's your Instagram? Uh, Boston home inspectors. That so makes sense. It, it's uh, um, 
But we post one funny, silly picture a day of stuff that you don't want to find in your home. Yeah, and, that's great. Uh, that's uh, fun to watch. I mean, that's fun to look at anyway, I think. I mean, anybody who likes construction or... And I, and I, I, I wish I was as creative as some of the people that leave comments. Like, I look <laughs> at a picture, but I'm a very type A personality. I look at a picture, I'm trying to come up with a funny comment. And then I post it. And I start reading through a couple of days later. I'm like, oh, I should have posted that as a comment. And then the next one is even better. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? And, and uh, um, but yeah, they, um, some people out there are very, very creative. So are you on, on TikTok or any other social media? Facebook? No, it's tough enough just keeping track of that one. My kids, yeah. got, it's just, a, yeah, no, I'm, I don't do TikTok. Uh, maybe I might venture into that later but uh, uh i don't know what i don't know what i can do with it marketing wise or to try to nothing try just to your, your day will get sucked away and if your free time will be gone so exactly yeah, just stay away from that but you have ten thousand plus followers on instagram though right now so that's pretty amazing uh, yeah about thir- thirteen thousand. Yeah. going up yeah it is so that's fun what I like is during the inspection, I'll mention to the client or the realtor will say, you know, at some point during the inspection, when I'm taking a picture, the realtor will say, oh, I hope it's not for your Instagram account. And of course, <laughs> then the buyer says, well, what do you mean? And it ends up into this dialogue and yeah. the buyer will take their phone out. And okay. uh, what happened the other day is one was like, oh, my God, my next door neighbor follows you. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, holy cow. I, you know. Yeah. So, they're like, and it, they didn't know they were dealing with a famous home inspector. I don't know about so famous. Find out. <laughs> well, for a home inspector, I think so. But anyway, I do. I know that you're really busy, and, and it was very kind of you to come on and talk to me. So thank you. Thanks again to Jim for joining me. That was a fun conversation. What a nice guy. Thank you to you also for listening this far into the show. I really appreciate my listeners. And... I love to hear from you. So if you have an idea for an episode or anything else you would like to tell me, please send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. And you can also get in touch with me through Facebook or Instagram. On both of those platforms, I'm uh, at Talking Home Renovations. And on TikTok, I am The House Maven. I am doing lives on both TikTok and Instagram. So I'll be answering home renovation questions and chatting about possible episodes, that sort of thing. So if you would like to join me there, check out my profiles on those platforms to see what times those lives are taking place. If you like this podcast, if you could share it with a few of your friends, that would be really great. This podcast is a member of the Design Network. Go to designnetwork.org and discover exclusive architecture and design podcasts there. So, as always, this podcast is a production of Demios Architects, my architecture firm, where we believe architects are for everyone. If you happen to live in Massachusetts, I do have an Ask the Architect Design Helpline. If you have a design and you want a second opinion or you're stuck on a problem, reach out to me and I'll send you some information about those services. Well, until next time, take care.